0: you. <laughs>
1: Life has purpose podcast with Bethany
0: and Ryan Bomberger. It's just, you know, all this downtime that we've been having because of the pandemic. When I say downtime, I actually don't really mean downtime because we've been just as busy. you talking about? Okay, but we've had some serious quality family time, and True. so
1: shout out to Lainey and, and Anna
0: Kelly. We love you. They're our nieces. I just, We're I love so spending time with that family. They,
1: yep, yeah, they came down and they visited us, and we went on a nice long bike ride and. Got ice cream in town, and then they played spike ball, which I watched and took pictures while they played because they're athletic.
0: Right, we didn't need to be hospitalized. I no, we didn't <laughs> need to be in bed. But what we did do was disconnect for, disconnect a, day for a day from all the craziness in, in the news right. cycle and everything. But there has been some really good news.
1: Right, there has been from the
0: Supreme Court, Woo-hoo! surprisingly.
1: Supreme Court ruled in favor of my friends, the little sisters of the poor.
0: Nuns were being forced <laughs> to provide contraception for other nuns in their ministry. That it's weird. It's I mean
1: not needed. It's
0: a no brainer. But it, it wasn't really just the
1: contraception.
0: Well And abortifacients, which is the whole thing that Hobby Lobby went through as well. So the Trump administration expanded it to say that not just churches, not just religious organizations, but any employer Mm -hmm. who has a moral or spiritual objection to contraception, they are exempt. Right. And so the Supreme Court ruled.
1: 7-2. 7-2 in favor of the Trump administration and, and the Catholic charity. So yay that's good that's good and here's another one that came out was it last week that supreme court ruled in favor of school
0: choice i know they struck down the blaine amendments which were discriminatory mm-hmm. saying that if you're a parent and you want to send your child to a religious school sorry we don't fund the religious schools we'll, we'll fund these other schools which are actually just right. as religious just with secular mm-hmm. humanism anyway so the supreme <laughs> court got something you know supremely wrong uh, over the past two weeks, like the redefinition right. of sex to somehow now mean sexual orientation and gender identity. I wonder if now it means that race is also racial identity, mm. and which we'll get into maybe a little later. You right. know, the, the whole Rachel all kind of craziness. Right. right. But, you know, the Supreme Court, it's crazy how much power they have. Yeah. That five individuals can set a course for a nation for generations. Right. We almost went to the Supreme Court with one of our yeah, cases. Yeah, we did.
1: And I love what you said. You said um, they were supremely wrong yeah. in that case, supremely right in a couple of the other cases. But I'm actually thankful that our case didn't have to go before that.
0: Chopping block. (laughs) I was kind of hoping because I know you were. were What are you talking about? What we're talking about today is actually civil rights gone wrong. Yes, we are. More specifically, we're talking about the NAACP.
1: You mean the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, one of the nation's oldest civil rights organizations that not only sued the Radiance Foundation, but sued you personally. I
0: know, it's crazy. crazy. And, can, can we just talk about the whole colored? people phrase come on I, I, we're, first of all we are all people of color what about the transparent people because apparently there are transparent <laughs> people because there are only some people who got color other people don't have color anyway the NAACP it's a group that i grew up revering as a mm-hmm. child my mom would give me books and i would read about all kinds of historical figures and i would learn about the NAACP learned about all their incredible achievements and in fighting against real systemic racism, right? you know, Brown v. Board of mm-hmm. Education, for instance, challenging Democrat past and enforced separate and unequal school segregation.
1: But at the end of the day, the NAACP showed us no love, babe. None.
0: No, not not no. today's version of the NAACP. No. Back then, right. they were actually fighting real oppression. They were mm-hmm. fighting real systemic racism. Not that all oh, that has disappeared. I'm not saying that, but they were on mission and they mm-hmm. stayed on mission. But to understand a little bit of the context we decided as a fledgling little organization the Radiance Foundation to launch a billboard campaign touching on the two easiest subjects possible race and abortion <laughs> combine them in a just a powerful campaign called too many com. right and we do have to throw credit out to a special person who was involved in that with Georgia Right to Life right.
1: Catherine Davis and yes. that's that's where we first launched billboards in um Atlanta, Atlanta. yeah And that's where we started and got so much pushback. In fact, we had no idea that within 24 hours of these billboards launching that we were then going to be contacted and interviewed by just, I don't know, LA Times, USA Today. It was all over the place.
0: Right. The New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, HuffPost. I mean, it was everywhere. It was a media firestorm. It really was. So here we are. (laughs) A little 501c3 trying to figure out how do we navigate through all this we have all the facts we have this mm-hmm. alarming history and we thought certain people in certain groups would actually be on our side
1: right because once you look at the facts you can't you can't divorce yourself from the reality of what abortion has done to different communities including the black community you're right
0: so a few years ago we launched a billboard campaign and these billboards were just gorgeous mm-hmm. said black and beautiful
1: yeah too
0: many aborted.com dealing with the hugely disproportionate impact of abortion in the black community where abortion is the number one killer mm-hmm. and working with our friends walt walter and Lori hoy mm-hmm. of issues for life Love foundation him. we put these billboards all around and let's just say um some folks were not <laughs> happy we were denounced by planned parenthood right. we were denounced by the aclu mm-hmm. and denounced by pro-abortion politicians like california democrat Barbara Lee.
1: Mm-hmm. which isn't surprising but then we were denounced by the NAACP who said our black and beautiful billboards were quote a horrible approach and racist on the face of it oh come on I know they said they were misleading and a very very poisonous approach to politics they're creating these billboards right are creating an illusion that Planned Parenthood is an organization that is murdering black babies. So, Ms. Huffman, who is still the president of the NAACP California, she's a board member of the National NAACP. She told this to the Oakland Tribune. It's just fantastic. We're Yeah, Planned Parenthood, creating an illusion that they're murdering black
0: babies. So... It's racist to call out the leading killer of black lives? Apparently so. Is (laughs) that what's racist?
1: And the NAACP is perfectly fine with the killing of innocent black lives as long as they're in the most defenseless state possible. Right. Unborn. Planned Parenthood kills over 345,000 human lives of every hue.
0: Every hue. So we're supposed to believe that people of my complexion triumphed over the inhumane institution of slavery, prevailed over the terrorism of Democrat founded and empowered Ku Klux Klan, and were victorious over the racism of Jim Crow laws only to celebrate the fact, this makes me sick, that abortion is the number one killer in the black community. Mm. In fact, former NAACP president Julian Bond talked about how abortion, aka reproductive freedom, is a basic human right. Here are his exact words at the rabidly pro-abortion 2004 March for Women's Lives. Listen to this.
2: We've made it our business for 95 years to ensure that everyone, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender, receives the equal protection of the law. And one of the most important protections is the right to reproductive freedom, open and equal access to family planning, has been NAACP policy since 1968. We believe, we believe the right to reproductive freedom is as basic as the right to eat at a lunch counter or to cast a vote or the right of two humans to marry. If a woman If a woman cannot control her own body, she doesn't have the equal protection of the law.
1: Right. So that was the, like you said earlier, the 2004 March for Women's Lives, which is a march that's led by Planned Parenthood. It's led by NARAL and the National Organization for Women, which is also called NOW. And it's a a march that has nothing to do with contraception, nothing to do with birth control, only has to do with Abortion.
0: In fact, yes, the, the 2004 March for Women's Lives came about from those organizations because they were fighting against the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act. That's why they had this march. They were fighting mad because George W. Bush had signed a bill into law mm. banning the, I mean, abortion is already horrific, but banning right. the horrific act of partially birthing a child, mm. snipping the spine, crushing the skull, and and, you know, dismembering the child in order to, I mean, the child's partially born. So that was the reason. That was the first instance of the NAACP stepping into the public foray of of abortion advocacy over the partial birth abortion ban.
1: Act. How disgusting! Honestly, to equate being treated like a human with being treated like a piece of property, abortion does that. It it, it treats unborn babies like trash that oh, yeah. just can be thrown away.
0: Yeah, and the irony of these words coming from a black man, Julian Bond. Right. Who was promoting treating other human beings like non-persons. Yeah. Come on. I mean, th- right. this is not a color thing. Mm-mm. This is a broken human thing. Right. And broken humans come in all different shapes, sizes, and colors.
1: Right. And that brokenness comes out in all different ways. Yes, it does. Abortion is one of those ways. Yes. And so back to our lawsuit with the NAACP. <laughs> so you decide you're going to write an article after the NAACP demonized our billboard campaign and right. called the effort racist. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So they didn't like what we were doing and what we were we, we were pulling out.
0: Well, they didn't like the truth. I and mean, right. that's really what it, they didn't like the truth. They didn't like the title of the article, you know, and as a factivist, as factivists, right. we just call it like it is. Mm-hmm. So I published an article using their own documentation to criticize the NAACP's radically pro-abortion position and actions.
1: Mind you, did they also at this point are stating that they are neutral on the issue of abortion right but-, but what you're doing is showing anybody who's gonna read these articles hey guys as much as they say that they're neutral on the issues check out these links
0: right check out their NAACP's own documents their own press releases right so at the time that they were saying all this you know n- neutral we've not taken a position Planned Parenthood was a corporate sponsor of their annual convention so they'll be mm-hmm. like your local bank saying you know what no we did not we've not taken a position <laughs> on, on racism but yes the local KKK chapter they're mm-hmm. a sponsor of our, our mm-hmm. events our local events <laughs> you've taken a position people you've taken
1: a position
0: this is the craziness so in 2004 the NAACP passed a resolution that affirmed euphemistically affirmed a a woman's right to choose. of course we all know that means abortion right And they not only that after they passed the resolution they sent out a press release with the title saying quote historic pro-choice stance. The NAACP takes a historic pro-choice stance mm-hmm. um you've taken a position in 2004 but yet the NAACP executives keep claiming the organization has never. Taking a position on abortion.
1: Right. It's like the tobacco companies saying, oh, we don't really take a position on smoking. <laughs> Go on.
0: But please buy some of our cigarettes. Right.
1: Pat it's, our pockets.
0: Yeah. this is, And this is what's been happening. The pockets of the NAACP has been padded by Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. by all these corporate donors who really... I mean, you look at every issue that corporate America is is heavily funding, and right. unfortunately, it's not the the type of thing that actually strengthens families, strengthens communities in a lot of instances. Right. So my op-ed was published in Life News. Uh, my buddy Stephen Ertelt is the editor, and so it was also on ratingsfoundation.org website, mm-hmm. and it was entitled, The National Association for the Abortion of Colored People. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's just say they were not fans of the title.
1: And you're allowed to title anything, anything that you want to title. No, you can't.
0: Not if it's the NAACP. But you
1: can. No, you
0: can't. Not if it's a civil rights organization.
1: Satires. Everything switches things up on the regular and have become famous for it.
0: Well, see, the NAACP apparently thinks it's untouchable. They figure they can just walk into court and (laughs) they're going to get a ruling in their favor. I mean, just picture this. The NAACP sued a brown guy for exercising one of my most basic civil rights free speech
1: right and you can actually learn about all of this at radiance.life forward slash NAACP and when we come back we're going to talk about this crazy federal court case and the insanity of what happened inside the courtroom oh my gosh you're listening to the Life Has Purpose podcast with Bethany and Ryan Bomberger Life Has
0: Purpose Hi I'm Leah Bomberger and you're listening to Life Has Purpose with my mom and dad Life
1: is never picture perfect Human beings come in all different shapes, sizes, colors, and abilities. No matter how much we plan, no matter how much we think we're prepared, the unplanned happens all the time. It's how we respond to the unexpected that shows our true humanity. But many do not see the value of every human life. Too many are willing to discard those who don't fit the picture of perfection. Abortion destroys the chance to love, and to be loved. We never know what will fill the frames of our lives, or how empty those frames can be when we allow exceptions. Every life is a gift.
0: Learn more at Radiance.life Listen, download, and subscribe to the Life Has Purpose podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Well, you know, people need to understand what the NAACP was suing me personally for, as well as the Radiance Foundation. They right. abused trademark law to try to silence speech.
1: Right. Right. Speech that was straight-up truth, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they sued us for... Well, here it is. They sued us for trademark infringement, right? dilution, and confusion. They were bizarrely claiming that in an article that was clearly critical of the NAACP that we were pretending to be the NAACP. And by the way, mm-hmm. we're actually going to read that article. That'll be the commentary later on. Right. That original article that got us in this federal lawsuit in the first place. Right.
1: They, they claimed... Well, it was so. I like to say convoluted, or you like to say the you word. Lo- <laughs> you like I do he, love
0: that word. You do say
1: that word a lot, but it
0: fits convoluted. here
1: because they claimed we were trying to raise money off of their name by pretending to be them. Not one person donated to us thinking that we were the NAACP. <laughs> I mean. Aren't they suggesting that their followers aren't super bright here? Yeah. Who could possibly can be confused? But don't worry. They presented in court a survey they showed many people were confused. Online sure. survey. Yeah, it was an online <laughs> survey. People were... Like, the very first sentence right off the bat is critical of the NAACP. Right. There's no way you can be confused. Right. No one could read that article and not know it was a scathing rebuke of the NAACP. Exactly. I mean... Yet they claimed we used their logo without permission. Life News editors inserted the logo as it as is customary, actually, to identify organizations with their logos in the news pieces. Right. It's done all the time. Right. They claimed we diluted their trademark by parroting their name and confused people about what the acronym NAACP
0: stood for. Okay. So here's the thing. So if we're being accused of confusing the public, I thought, well, why don't we just kind of try this out? So I was in Cincinnati mm-hmm. at an event and it was actually called the Black Family Reunion. It was a right, festival. Right. So I'm in Cincinnati, or in Cincinnati as they call it, and so this, this event is attended by predominantly black folk. Right. So I started asking you know, all the people around me, what does the NAACP, what do the letters stand for? And then I would ask them, actually, what does the organization actually fight for today? And I was blown <laughs> away <laughs> by the responses because, first of all, n- Virtually no one knew which issues the NAACP was fighting for currently.
1: And and, and the people you were asking were college through elderly. Right. Like right. You, you asked. College all age, different, college educated. Mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm. these
0: were it was a mix of age all kinds groups, of people right? and, and older people who, you know, grew up with NAACP when it was you know more on mission. This was the response. The NAACP sued the Radiance Foundation for parroting their name and allegedly causing confusion among the public. Do you know what the NAACP actually stands for? What the letters stand for? Um uh, National Association something black people. <laughs> okay. Do you know what the NAACP is? yes Do you know what the initials NAACP stand for? Yes and no. I mean, I do, but I can't remember what it says. They weren't the only ones. At an African-American event, 90% of those asked had no idea what these letters stand for. N-A-A-C-P. Have you ever heard of the N-A-A-C-P? Yes. Have you heard of the N-A-A-C-P? No. No. So, the N-A-A-C-P, could you tell me what the letters actually stand for? Oh. National, is
1: that right? Let's start. African American
0: (laughs) Coalition. (gasps) I don't know. National African American. Wait, wait, wait. do you know what the initials stand for? Uh, Uh, National Association of Colored. uh, Wait, N double A. National Association of African Advancement of Colored People.
2: negro American.
0: I forget. Do you know what the NAACP is? Yes. Do you know what the initials stand for? Um, I can't
1: say it right off the
0: top of my head. I know African American, national something African American. <laughs> Even 5%ers knew 0% of the answer. You, oh, you don't? Uh, how, about, how about you? Yes. What, NAACP. What did you say? What do the, the initials NAACP stand for? NAACP? Okay. The NAACP. Mm-hmm. NAACP. Shoot, that's a good question. Our parody didn't cause confusion. A name is easy to forget when it's no longer relevant. Learn more at radianslife slash NAACP. Today's NAACP is corporate donor driven. Everyday folk have no idea who they are and what they stand for. We didn't confuse the public mm-hmm. about what the NAACP mm-hmm. stands for. The NAACP did.
1: Right. And, and throughout the course of the trial, the...
0: Oh my judge
1: gosh. couldn't even get their name right.
0: That was crazy. He
1: kept saying, the NCAA, <laughs>
0: the NCAA, the NWACP. Wait a minute! I'm being accused of, <laughs> of confusing the public. This judge doesn't even. And he was a okay. Right. He was a lifetime member. Right. Of the NAACP because he was a lifetime member through his uh, fraternity. It, it was. Don't it worry. Was he didn't
1: have to recuse himself. No. Like he didn't have to leave. He could be a lifetime member and and just absolutely stick with this. Although, apparently being a lifetime member doesn't mean that you can say <laughs> NAACP, but.
0: Oh my gosh, <sighs> that was a crazy circus.
1: The NAACP lied about never taking a position on abortion. They actually claimed in their suit Quote On the issue of abortion, NAACP has not supported abortion, but rather supports a woman's right to choose. NAACP's decision not to support abortion has been influenced, at least in part, by the strong religious values and beliefs held by many of those in its leadership, including leading members of the clergy from across the United States.
0: Straight up liars. Right. Sure. An American supporting a slave master's right to choose a slave was not Mm -hmm. pro-slavery. I mean, stop with the euphemisms already. At the time of our trial, the NAACP president at that time, Benjamin Jealous, was keynoting a fundraiser for Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood in Georgia. And that was on October 3rd, 2013. The highest ticket price of that Mm -hmm. event Mm -hmm. was a $1,000 a plate ticket. Mm -hmm. And it was called drum roll. It was called the Margaret Sanger Founders Circle. So it gave you six tickets to the event and two special reception tickets with Benjamin Jealous. But sure, the NAACP hadn't taken a position on abortion.
1: And if you haven't listened to our previous um, podcast about Margaret Sanger, please do.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, show number 11. That's so eugenic. That's so eugenic. It's uh, definitely a different twist. But of course, I, of course, it's called a Margaret Sanger Circle ticket because that's Planned Parent celebrates her all day, every day.
1: Crazy. When we first launched the Too Many billboard campaign that was in Atlanta with Georgia Right to Life, Georgia Right to Life was working to pass the prenatal non-discrimination abortion bill, which right. was um Senate Bill 529. And right? it was
0: also yeah, it was also called like the Prenda Bill, but yeah. Right,
1: right. And it was endorsed by numerous pastors and black civil rights leaders, including our good friend, Dr. Alveda King, and it was also endorsed by the Georgia chapter of the N. NAACP, Mm -hmm. right, who then after obvious pressure,
0: (laughs) it was a brief endorsement
1: (laughs) from the national NAACP, they did a complete 180. They completely retracted their support. um, And the chapter embarrassingly claimed that they didn't, quote, fully understand what the bill, what was in the bill. It's not that complicated, people. It made abortion illegal if it were based on the gender or the race of the child. Pretty darn simple. But they just realized, hey, we have to backtrack here because this has to do with criminalizing abortion.
0: Right. And, of course, their ally, Planned Parenthood. People need to understand that NAACP has been supporting Planned Parenthood for a long time. This goes way back. Back to one of the NAACP's co-founders, actually, W. B. Du Bois. Mm
2: -hmm. Writing
0: for Margaret Sanger's vile and racist birth control review, Du Bois severely criticized poorer blacks for having children. And in his 1932 op-ed, it was entitled Black Folk and Birth Control. This is just... This is just disgusting stuff here, but this is what he said, quote, the mass of ignorant Negroes still breed carelessly and disastrously so that the increase among Negroes, even more than the increase among whites, is from that part of the population least intelligent and fit and least able to rear their children properly, end quote. And then he goes on to compare people to produce because that's what we do all the time, right? So he says, quote, they must learn that among human races and groups as among vegetables... Quality and not mere quantity really count, end quote.
1: Mm. So W. E. B. Du Bois was a eugenicist. Yes. You can you can have evil in your heart regardless of the color of your skin.
0: Actually, there's a great quote from Martin Luther King Jr. from his book, mm-hmm. Why We Can't Wait, page 43. And it really kind of illuminates the W.B. Du Boises of the world, the NAACPs of the world, and he says, quote There are Negroes who will never fight for freedom. There are Negroes who will seek profit for themselves alone from the struggle. There are even some Negroes who will cooperate with their oppressors. These facts should distress no one. Every minority and every people has its share of opportunists, profiteers, freeloaders, and escapists. No one can pretend that because a people may be oppressed, every individual member is virtuous and worthy.
1: Wow, because, you know, we can't just think that because of somebody's skin color, because of where they grew up, that they must think a certain way. We have to look at people as individuals, and that's what Martin Luther King was saying. And when we look at W.E.B. Du Bois, we understand that as an individual, he chose to be a eugenicist.
0: Right, he did. I mean, this is why it's important that character comes before color. Right. You know, so... He was an elitist. He was a eugenicist. He believed in the talented tenth that he would talk about, mm-hmm. where you know black individuals, the elite folks, the people who had the the right genes, they had the right characteristics, and only they mm-hmm. could procreate. He was espousing the exact same thing as Margaret Sanger, which is why he why could write in her in, yeah. in her periodical, Birth Control Review. People, I think, just want to deny what's obvious, right? And you had, the, eugenics was racist and elitist. It was a fusion of the two things. Mm. So keep in mind, too, that Du Bois and the NAACP parted twice, once in 1934 and again for good in mm-hmm. 1948, when the NAACP distanced themselves from Du Bois's radicalism. He was pro-segregation <laughs> and was touting socialism and communism. I mean, sounds, by the way, just so familiar. people understand... You know, this former NAACP co-founder who's always praised by modern-day NAACP, he renounced his U.S. citizenship. He became a communist in 1960 and moved to Ghana. He became a citizen of Ga- Ghana. He praised communist dictators like Mao Zedong and Joseph Stalin. Mm. In fact, he eulogized Stalin Upon his death in in an editorial, disgustingly declaring, quote, Joseph Stalin was a great man. Wow. Few other men of the 20th century approach his stature. He was simple, calm, and courageous, How about end quote.
1: Stalin killed millions of his own yes. people in his purges, estimated between like 20 and 70 million. Nearly 1 million alone were killed in um, what was called the Great purge. How about that? What are you talking about? Calm, simple, courageous. courageous.
0: But this is what happens when Mm -hmm. you embrace a lie. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is why you can praise murderous Mm -hmm. dictators, but you won't find anything about Du Bois's crazy communist activism on the NAACP's website. They have a page praising him, but they just conveniently leave out all that stuff, of course. But like Stalin, they've scrubbed it clean. They revised it, and they made it fit the false narrative that they want to tell. Mm. And in fact, just in light of all the statues being taken down and all the craziness of the left, um, how about taking down a statue of a communist who left America and praised murderous dictators? Yeah, how, how about, about that?
1: that? How about that?
0: But here's the NAACP chairman, Julian Bond, again, praising Du Bois and abortion in the black community. He's speaking at a 2004 fundraiser for pro-abortion NARAL, which used to be called the National Abortion Rights Action League, but now they call themselves NARAL Pro-Choice America. But he's a keynote speaker Mm. and he is praising both Du Bois and abortion.
2: He wrote an essay on birth control for Margaret Sanger. He attended a housewarming for her clinic in Harlem. He not only believed in full economic rights for women, but in a woman's equal right to control her body and her life. Every woman, he wrote in 1920, must have the right of procreation at her own discretion. And today, black women exercise that precious right at a rate far exceeding their percentage in the population, and large majorities identify themselves as pro-choice. But just as some people mistakenly believe that Brown versus the Board of Education ended segregation in education, some think that Roe v. Wade has ended the unavailability of abortion. They are wrong, as you know. The right to choose is under vigorous and widespread attack. From parental notification legislation to clinic regulation to prohibitions on contraception, the enemies of choice are ever active always eager to deny equal protection of the law. Their antagonism toward women exercising free agency would make the Taliban blush. (laughs) Abortion providers around the country are forced to pay a cruel terrorism tax to protect themselves from murderers and assassins. The national climate in which they operate is forbidden. When one of our national parties is shameless, the other can't afford to be spineless. There has been tremendous progress, but much, much more remains to be done to make the promise of the Brown decision, to make the promise of the Civil Rights Act real, and to make the protections of Roe v. Wade more secure.
1: He's literally bragging about disproportionately higher abortion rates in the black community. It's
0: it's insane. Mm-hmm, That's something to brag about? It's
1: crazy. You know, but in the midst of all this, don't worry, the NAACP has never taken a position on abortion, right?
0: <laughs> no, of course not.
1: In fact, when we received the first letter um, from the NAACP threatening to sue us, it was the cease and desist letter. Do you
0: remember yeah. do you remember
1: how we felt that day?
0: I remember how we felt. I remember where I was. Um one hundred percent. Right. Yeah. right.
1: Well, I was kind of like, um, can we just take it down? I'm just gonna be transparent. That was my very first reaction. And like, understandable. Uh, do we really want to fight this battle?
0: Right. Because we're already fighting all kinds of battles right. just in the the normal work work we do at the Radiance Foundation right. and being parents of four children, right. homeschooling.
1: But back at the ranch, you were psyched. I was
0: completely <laughs> I was so psyched. I was like, Yes! Bring it. Right. Look, I I contacted Alliance Defending Freedom right away. I had gotten, you know, I've been in a number of events with Alliance Defending Freedom and Steve Aden, who was with them, Stephen Aden was with them. And he said, if you ever need our help, just you call me, you contact me. And that's exactly what I did. They responded within hours and they agreed to defend our civil rights. We had to have, you know, a, a public interest law firm that protects religious liberty and free speech protect our civil rights from a civil right. rights organization. So we filed what's what's called a declaratory action Uh, Asking the judge to dismiss the issue and protect us from a frivolous lawsuit. So we actually filed first.
1: Right. We didn't want the NAACP to file first because they could have sued us in Colorado because the article appeared on Life News, which is based in that state. And because we were living in Virginia at the time, it could have cost us a lot to go back and forth to Colorado. And we knew that these are the types of things that they Mm -hmm. could very well have done in order to make this process even longer and cost us more money. So days after filing the declaratory action, um, the NAACP countersued claiming, quote, unauthorized use of the NAACP marks together with the name the National Association for the Abortion of Colored People. And they said it was likely to tarnish and disparage NAACP and thereby damage its reputation among members of the general public of the United States, particularly African Americans and other people of color, by falsely indicating or suggesting that NAACP is pro-abortion when in fact It's not.
0: I guess lying is free speech, too. Right. the the NAACP engages in that every single day. Mm. Life has purpose. Martin Luther King Jr. knew that racism had only one cure.
2: Men will recognize that out of one blood, God made all men dwell upon the face of the earth. Let us be dissatisfied until that day when nobody will shout white power, when nobody will shout black power, but everybody will talk about God's power and human power.
0: Five decades ago, we lost a champion, but we didn't lose the truth. We are one human race. Learn more at radiansfoundation.org. Listen, download, and subscribe at
1: lifeaspurpose.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud babe you remember we got the Lion Chaser award from Star Parker's Center for Renewal Education um, organization yeah. our dear friend Lonnie Poindexter, who we love, love. You Lonnie yes he <laughs> and comp- star and star love they're them both. both phenomenal and if you don't follow them or listen to them you need to because uh, go
0: to urbancure.org by the way
1: yeah for sure but uh, Lonnie completely surprised us you were supposed to be we thought you were speaking in an event. And when we got there, we realized, "Oh, you're not speaking; you're being given um, an award." And this was the inaugural award back yeah. in 2013 during a dinner with um, notable leaders who was there. It was Kay Cole James, James, right?
0: Yeah. She was with Heritage? Mm-hmm. She's the president of Heritage Foundation. Justice
1: Janice Rogers Brown, Ted Cruz, From Senator Ted Cruz. Yeah, a there few were so others. many others
0: mm-hmm. um, being acknowledged and and celebrated there, and so I was blown away. Mm-hmm. but the verse he gave us about Beniah, who was i think i'm pronouncing it right who was a commander of king david's bodyguard
1: right i in fact i can read you the verse it's second samuel 23 20. yeah love it. it says "Beniah, son of <laughs> Jehoida, <laughs> i don't know okay a valiant fighter from cabziel performed great exploits he struck down moab's two mightiest warriors He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. So you had received that award. Mm -hmm. We were reading this to our kiddos and having like a family devotion time and just sort of meditating on, wow, God, that was great that we got this award. But the Lord always speaks through so many different things. And he just spoke to us through this. Hmm, Went down on a snowy day and killed a lion. Well, guess what? The morning we drove down, we were driving from Northern Virginia down to Norfolk to attend the first trial date. We began to drive and it began to snow.
0: That was insane. And
1: the Holy Spirit was like, (laughs) you are literally heading into the lion's den on a snowy day. I have goosebumps.
0: I will never forget it. it was Tuesday, December 10th. Right. It wasn't like it had been snowing for days. It mm-hmm. wasn't. There was no snow on the ground. It had just started snowing, and this was a verse that was just emblazoned in our hearts because you're talking about. First of all, who goes down into any kind of pit Real. and kills a lion? No, I'm just saying it's not something like that we you regularly do. To do right. I mean, people go to food lion, but they ain't trying to <laughs> kill a lion. I'm just saying. So I was like, God, no way! This is crazy. What is going on? But I love how God just confirms things. Yes. And so, Lonnie, that verse that you spoke into our lives literally became reality as we were heading down to our first court date in Norfolk, Virginia, at that federal court.
1: Okay, so for the next few minutes, just sit back and listen to Ryan read to you his commentary, which is actually the exact news article that was the impetus for this entire fight. Every week, Ryan's articles appear on various news outlets. Each week, we'll feature one of his latest commentaries. It's time for some Fearless Factivism.
0: NAACP, National Association for the Abortion of Colored People. What better way for an out-of-touch liberal organization to celebrate itself than in the land of make-believe? The NAACP's 44th Annual Image Awards honor black imagery churned out by often racist, anti-Christian, perpetually sexist, violent, and pornographic Hollywood. Just skim the list of the majority of nominees, and one is left with an overwhelming feeling. Emptiness. Django Unchanged, with its graphic violence and 100-plus uses of the racially denigrating epithet, nigger, gets praise and nominations from the NAACP. Lincoln, a powerful film of historical substance, completely eliminates the most powerful, (laughs) the most potent influence in Lincoln's ideology and evolution on slavery, Frederick Douglass. There's no protest from the NAACP, just a nomination. The nation's oldest civil rights organization revels in a distorted reflection of who black Americans are, the struggles faced, and the real world around us. Though they will dress up their liberal causes in bright lights, filtered lenses, and entertaining performances, the NAACP Image Awards worship a false image. The NAACP's selective and often feigned outrage on a myriad of issues is befitting of a multiple personality disorder, with its stronger personality being one that embraces all things liberal, most things socialistic, and nothing pro-life." They'll beat the drums of economic, social, and environmental justice, while over 360,000 black babies annually never get a chance at one of the few constitutional rights that actually exist, the right to life. At a time when 72.3% of black children are born into homes without fathers, and in some places like Philadelphia, 50% of viable black pregnancies end in abortion, one would think protecting future generations would become a national emergency for this historic organization. Single-female-led homes are the norm in the black community. Children who grow up in these homes are five times more likely to live in poverty than those in two-parent married homes. Yet these issues are non-existent on the organization's website, and all the NAACP can do in regards to marriage is push gay marriage. Hardly the solution to crumbling, impoverished families in our inner cities. What about equality for these beautiful children living without the economic, educational, and emotional security of both a mother and a father? The NAACP would rather sleep with Planned Parenthood, the urban staple and instigator of sexual irresponsibility, regardless of what people say. The affair has been going on for decades. The NAACP, despite denials, has publicly supported Planned Parenthood numerous times. It's fought to prevent the abortion chain from being defunded, while simultaneously fighting to ensure a massive influx of funding for its beloved ally through Obamacare. In fact, both organizations are part of the nation's largest coalition of so-called civil rights groups, the Leadership Conference. It was co-founded by famed civil rights figure A. Philip Randolph, who was the president of the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. He also happened to shill for Planned Parenthood back in the 40s. Today, the NAACP, Planned Parenthood, and a who's who among pro-abortion groups are part of this civil rights collective. By the way, the chair of the Leadership Conference just happens to be Judith Lightman, the president of the Rapidly Pro-Abortion National Partnership for Women and Families. Planned Parenthood, gay marriage, HIV-AIDS initiatives, and demonizing the GOP are far more important to the National Association for the Abortion of Colored People than the devastating reality that black babies are aborted at staggering levels. Black babies are aborted six times more frequently in New York City than white babies. 1,448 are aborted for every 1,000 that are born alive, as compared to 244 white babies aborted for every 1,000 born alive. Of course, all losses... a tragedy. No outrage. No outcry. No outrage. The only racial profiling the NAACP supports is the vilification of any black public figure or organization that is conservative and the targeting of unborn black children for death via abortion. The National Association for the Abortion of Colored People has no moral ground to stand upon, just quicksand oozing with the blood of those most discriminated against. The NAACP's covert and overt support of Planned Parenthood negates any other human rights they purport to defend. If they can't show any concern for the most basic civil rights stripped away before birth, how can they convince the American public that they're dedicated to rights post-birth? Why should anyone care about those black lives that the NAACP is so willing to throw away in exchange for political prominence? It's not rights the NAACP is pursuing, but the right, as in capital R-I-G-H-T, People like Senator Tim Scott, Judge Janice Rogers Brown, Alan West, the Radiance Foundation. And what they do is they pursue us in a venomous campaign to alter history, to suit their allegiance to liberalism. Mainstream media has no spine, or it is complicit in the NAACP's cause de jour. Whether it's dirty coal, anti school choice, school teachers unions legalizing pot, or faux voting suppression crimes, the real crime is that news outlets never scrutinize the organization for its false claims, outrageous policies, and destructive actions. And all the while, poverty, unemployment, poor educational outcomes, fatherlessness, STD, and abortion rates remain exponentially higher in the black community. As our TooManyAborted.com initiative has shown, today's NAACP is a tragic example of civil rights gone wrong. But on stage in Tinseltown, all is shiny and in perfect condition. All blemishes are hidden, each word controlled by a pre-approved script, and camera angles show only predetermined perspectives. Perhaps they should take the show on the road, let's say a few miles south in L.A. to Compton. The NAACP could let America see how much it's truly done for urban America. But that wouldn't be good for their image. I'm Ryan Bomberger, and you're listening to the Life Has Purpose podcast. You can read more of our op eds at radiance.life slash news. Activism, activism.
1: There's so much about the NAACP that the American public doesn't know, especially when it comes to the issues they currently support. And many people don't realize either that the first NAACP president was a white lawyer, right, by the name of right. Moorefield Story. He served from 1909 until his death in 1929. It was a biracial thing in its
0: founding. Right. White and black came together.
1: Yeah, but it's largely become actually just a business of victimhood, unfortunately. Right. I mean, it
0: formed in 1909 as a result, in part, as a result of race riots in President Lincoln's own hometown in Springfield, Illinois. Mm. And today, though, victimhood is potent. Yeah, it is. It is... The NAACP serves such a a phenomenal purpose in American history, and I'm so grateful for the sacrifice. I'm so grateful for the tireless work that so many poured in. But today's NAACP, babe, Mm. it is not your grandfather's NAACP or my grandfather's or anybody's grandfather's NAACP. I mean, the, the issues they support, I mean, it's everything on the left.
1: Right, it's transgenderism.
0: Homosexuality, gay marriage. I mean, they think Dirty coal is the bigger issue. They're, they're anti-school choice. Right. I mean, how crazy that the NAACP is all about transgenderism, right? Right. But they denounced their own Washington chapter president, Rachel Dolezal, for what? For pretending <laughs> to be black. Do you remember those images? Right. Right. She was all... I mean, she's a Caucasian woman. She was born Caucasian. If you're born Caucasian, yeah. you remain Caucasian. I mean, that's just, just a fact of life. She had blonde hair, but in those pictures... Right. She... Oh my gosh, it was
1: crazy. And it's so funny. When I was in college, my college roommate, whose mom was from Ghana, she braided my hair. So I had like these long extensions. Right. And, but never for a minute... <laughs> Did I think that I was black? Did I take didn't on it? You identify no, no, I didn't identify as because it, that's neurotic. I mean, you could say, I love this style. Right. And I, I want, I want. But that's
0: cultural appropriation though. Mm, wow. Well, you were culturally appropriating.
1: No, I wasn't. Actually, I only had them in for a week because.
0: Well, that's okay. That's that? okay. That's only appreciation <laughs> if it's for <laughs> a week. Only
1: appreciation. Yes. Thank you. They were kind of heavy and a little bit itchy.
0: Yeah, well, but Rachel Dolezal was always sporting, you know, the, the braids. And then she had an afro. And then she, right. of course, had to have the fake tan so that she could just right. look browner. But, but this is the ridiculousness. Right. She could get away with it. And she, she stole scholarships. She defrauded the welfare system. <sighs> I mean, one after the other. But the NAACP was not happy about it. Because why? She was a white woman pretending to be black. And you can't do that. Why? Because... She's a white woman, but yet you can do that when you're a man. So if a man chooses to be a woman uh, on some whim that that's legitimate, how is it any different than, than, you know, males competing in, in women's sports? Like in the ADF course, uh, right. I'm sorry, the ADF court case in Connecticut, where female athletes have filed a lawsuit against the state because the state is allowing guys to compete against girls. And as equal as we are, we're not the same. We are mm-hmm. physiologically different. Men are faster right. than women in general. They're faster than That's just a fact of life. That's just a scientific fact. And so what ends up happening, these guys who identify as women right. are crushing the women in these races.
1: But NAACP is...
0: Crickets, crickets. yeah they are crickets. silent on all of this i mean they fired rachel dolezal for pretending to be black but hey no problem if you're a man pretending to be a woman
1: well there's no logical consistency none and like we say often <laughs> we quote the verse double-minded people or organizations are unstable in all their ways mm-hmm. and look you know we love people enough to speak the truth amen Come cultural um, capitulation is what the world does yeah but compassion and clarification, that's what the word of God does. Yes. So, you know, speaking of unstable, <laughs> it's not fair to say, but the We're judge presiding about, about over judge. <laughs> our case. Yeah, he was he was unstable. Judge Raymond Jackson, who's who has been overturned many, so many times, times yeah. by the Fourth um, Circuit Court of Appeals. He ended up ruling against us saying not only could we never again. Could we parody the NAACP's name? We weren't even allowed to mention their actual name or acronym online or in print ever. Crazy. We had to spend hours. We had to destroy anything in print or online that mentioned the
0: NAACP. See, this is a perfect example of judges going wild. I mean, Jackson was a Clinton appointee. He was a lifetime member of a fraternity. I think I mentioned that earlier. Right. Um, And the fraternity were lifetime members of the NAACP. But here's the the clincher. His sister-in-law, Elaine Jones, his wife's sister, was the former president of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the (sighs) former director, executive counsel, we appealed, of course, to the Fourth Circuit of, of Appeals in Richmond, Virginia, right. uh, in the, for a case that never should have gone to court in the first place, for a judge who never should have presided over it. Exactly. So, you know, here we are. Right. They Fourth wanted circuit. to
1: bankrupt us. And and us, meaning the Radiance Foundation and you personally. Right. Like, they did both. They were going after both. That's a big deal. And they wanted to demoralize us. They mm-hmm. wanted to silence us. And they failed.
0: Come on. Yes. Lord. Yes, thank, thank you. you Lord. Jesus. Honestly, uh, it, the whole thing was completely crazy. Despite a contentious hearing at the four, at the Fourth Circuit, where remember we we're sitting in that front row? Right. right. And even the conservative the place was packed. It was packed. The conservative justices were trashing us. <laughs> I yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Everything that we've put in this article is actually true. Um, we're using the NAACP's own documents and information.
1: Right. But I will say this at the same time, how crazy was this? We had folks across the nation praying for us. Yes,
0: we did. We had a
1: church that came out with a calendar that picked I think 3 people a day for the entire month to fast and pray as we went through the um the appeals process and the the people of God just rallied around us. Right.
0: And we had our board members, you know, yes. T yes. and Chris Davis and, right and right. some other friends from church showed up, family friends, Right. Uh, and we were so Sat appreciative with of that. us. So we right. we were not alone. I mean, we were outnumbered. I mean, they had their whole army of attorneys yes. and all the paralegals, and we had like three or four <sighs> of us. But it doesn't matter because uh, with God, we're always in the majority. And so- right. And
1: it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, over, so they, over two years.
0: Yeah, over two years. Over, and even though they mm-hmm. trashed us in that mm-hmm. hearing and we thought, okay, this is not going well. Right. Um, the simple end to all this is that we won.
1: Right. And not only did we win, but we had support letters given to the court, the amicus briefs from the ACLU.
0: Oh, my word. Yeah. Well, even the ACLU, as broken as it is, can be correct once in a while. Well, I mean, they said the broken clock. They said, analogy? Yes. right, right, right. It's, it's correct right once, once twice, a day. twice a day,
1: right. Twice a day. But they knew that this um they they said we pretty much this is my paraphrase we pretty much hate the radiance foundation and everything right. that they're doing but they have a right to have said what they said and so it wasn't just them we had others that that contributed right, on the our Electronic behalf
0: frontier foundation who right. also didn't exactly praise us but they were they were defending the first right. amendment other pro-life so-
1: leaders. Came together and right. wrote an Amicus brief. So. so
0: it was an interesting thing because literally hell froze over when ACLU when I saw that uh, right. Amicus brief from them. I thought, okay, right? <laughs> there's a there's some coldness going on because ACLU is defending us. But in the end, right? If you know if you're going to defend the Constitution, the NAACP was on the wrong side of it, right? Trying to to crush free speech. And, and can I just us. say
1: this too? I'm just reminded of Gideon and his small army. Gideon was obedient to God as God told him, hey, tone down the people, the the number of people, you know, he went through all these different steps. And at the end of the day, he had a very small army, but the opposition turned against themselves and that's how they won. Right. And the Lord just says, just remain obedient, even if you don't even know how the victory is going to come. We know the end of the story is always going to be a victory. Right. When God's on your side, that's how it ends. But over two years in federal court, ending Mm. in a victory for free speech, a victory for the underdog, a victory over the NAACP. And we have to thank Chuck Allen, right, who was our fearless Alliance Defending Freedom allied attorney from Goodman, Allen, and Donnelly Law Firm. He was like... Uh, he was so calm and cool and collected the whole way through.
0: Right, even he, though he t- had to t- deal t- with the hostile court and hostile court and and the know, absurdity of it all. It should, it, it should never have gone to mm-mm. trial ever. Right, it was clearly a free speech issue. It should never have even gone to right. trial. But justice, and the moments
1: when we were kind of. I was getting anxious as they pulled in these VPs, they flew them in with their own security teams to to speak against us, even though we knew that they had never known who we were.
0: Right. But
1: our lawyer just stayed calm and just smiled and he's like, we've got this, truth is on our side. Right.
0: It's yeah. hard, it's it's a patient, I mean, it's really an exercise in patience. <laughs> like, right. Okay, God, I, I'm, I'm a little, well, this is the whole thing. We are not called to have a spirit of fear. And so right. in this whole thing, we had to rely on on God, we had to rely on on each other. Mm-hmm. And thank God we had a Christian attorney right. who also had that same faith. And so the Fourth Circuit mm-hmm. ruled that the NAACP cannot use trademark law to silence speech it does not like. Mm-hmm. But that victory was only possible because we chose to stand. Yeah. Because we chose to face Goliath. Right. You know, I say this often and I can't say it enough. Courage does not need a crowd, it just needs conviction. Mm. When we're silent, evil flourishes. When we're silent, lies rush into that void. When we're silent, people miss out on the opportunity Mm -hmm. to be set free. Yeah.
1: We fought for, for years for our First Amendment rights and we'll fight for yours. 100%. Because there's no America without free speech. Our children's lives could have been very, very different if the NAACP had won, it would have been different in the immediate because we would have lost everything, everything, finances, business, all of it would have been gone, but they would have lost even more than that. And I believe that at the Radiance Foundation, we stand on a firm foundation. We stand on the rock and we know that what we're fighting for folks and all of those of you that are out there, our listeners who and supporters who we love, and you're standing for what is right, and you are standing for what is good, there's a majority because God is with us. Yeah.
0: Remember that our theme song throughout that too it was from a group called Building 429, yeah. and We Will Not Be Shaken. Right. Wow, we played that over and over mm-hmm. and over again mm-hmm. because we were standing on the truth. We were standing on the rock. Yeah. And though there are so many people who get – you know intimidated and they want to go cower mm-hmm. in a corner and it's understandable it's it's terrifying mm-hmm. this was not this was a terrifying situation right we didn't know i mean we had no money to begin with so bankrupting us i mean putting us in the negative i mean it was it was a terrifying thing but there are giants all around us yes. all the time
1: sweet listeners just remember just like david the lord told him get those stones and that slingshot Leave the fields and go down to where your brothers were and do what I've told you to do. Don't do what Saul tells you to do. Don't put on the armor that's too big for you. You just remain obedient to the word of the Lord. And you might not know how it's going to happen, but I guarantee you it will happen. And you will march out onto that field and face that Goliath. Not standing cower in the corner, like the rest of the Christian army was doing, but you'll walk out there and you'll swing that little slingshot and down the giants will come because God honors obedience.
0: Absolutely. Look, people, giants fall Mm. and maybe you have a giant in your life. It might not be a multi-million dollar activist organization (laughs) trying to ruin your life, but it's a giant. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. All things, even terrifying things.
1: Amen. Stand firm today and know that you are going from a place of victory to a place of victory. God bless. Whatever may come your way, no matter what people say, your life has purpose. Sometimes it's hard to see me. Your
0: life has purpose. Hey, we'd love to know what you think of the podcast. Go to lifehaspurpose.com and give us your feedback.
1: You can also listen or download our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud.
0: Remember, whatever may come your way,
1: and no matter what people say,
0: your, your life has purpose. purpose.